From South Bend, Indiana, welcome to Three Degrees Discussions. I'm your host, Mike Vasquez. This is a podcast devoted to the stories behind the innovators, entrepreneurs, and leaders in the 3D printing industry. It's getting them to understand that for prototyping, it can be great. You know, all the different types of prototypes you can make. It looks like prototype. You can make a functional prototype now. Um, but really getting, you know, client, a, a customer to to understand that uh, that's not going to usually translate to most of the time what their product's actually going to be. That was Steven Simjack. Steven is a mechanical engineer with more than 12 years of experience across aerospace, oil and gas, consumer and medical device industries. His broad areas of expertise include product development, engineering, implementing design for traditional additive manufacturing and 3D printing, as well as workforce development. Before we get started, head over to www.3degreescompany.com and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, you can listen to the show anywhere you download your podcast, including Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or Stitcher. Also, if you or your company are looking for materials, qualification, or general ad manufacturing support, reach out to the team through our website or via email at info at 3degreescompany.com. All right, Stephen, thanks so much for joining the show today. Excited for the conversation here. Um, like we do with all our guests, we like to start at the beginning. And so where you're born, um, what do you remember about some of those early days in terms of kind of getting interested in working with your hands or doing engineering? Yeah, so goes back all the way to yeah when I was pretty young. I grew up in southern Arizona, a place called Sierra Vista, Arizona, uh, pretty close to the Mexico border. And yeah, growing up, you know, it was one of those cases where even when I was really young, I like my grandmother's house, find me taking apart stuff, um, and just an interest of how things worked. Um, I was really interested in uh, aerospace and. Um, aircraft. And so I had an early interest in actually wanted to be a pilot too. It was kind of like really early on. Um, and then, yeah, as I got further along in school, it was kind of, you know, still interested, you know, maybe join the Air Force, you know, but I was always interested in doing engineering at some point. Um, and then, yeah, it was, um, yeah, probably right around, yeah, like senior year, I finally like made a decision and it was good. I had a couple of friends too that all wanted to go into engineering that I grew up with too. So um, yeah, I went to uh, Northern Arizona University. So on the other side, the North side of the the state up in the mountains and it was a great college, a little bit smaller. Um, it was great because I, had, it was smaller class sizes. I got to know the professors a little bit more. Um, and then, yeah, just being on campus, I slowly started to get involved in um ASME and my senior design was actually an SAE aero design. Um, and yeah, so just, just an interest in all things engineering. Um, and right around my senior year too, I also started growing an interest in maybe starting my own company too. And that was uh, a friend from college, uh, a fellow mechanical engineer. He, uh, his dad had been a, a consultant before and he was a civil engineer. Um, but we always talked about to just trying to find something interesting to work on. Um, yeah, the, in the beginning, the first kind of seeds of us kind of starting a business and it was called nothing better to do engineering, you know, something silly like that, just messing around, made a really horrible website. Um, 
And then right out of that, yeah, I actually struggled right after graduation to find like a good job. I, I started at a small uh, aircraft crop duster company in Flagstaff. And I, I had worked there part-time just as like a technician. And then I was actually a, just a technician. I wasn't an engineer for probably like the first six months. Looked all around for different types of jobs. They eventually made me into a mechanical engineer at that company um, in Flagstaff, but I didn't get paid very well. And uh, so I kept looking. Uh, my wife, who I'd been dating for a few years in college, finally graduated, and I kind of got lucky and I landed. I landed a, a job with an aerospace company. It was called BE Aerospace at the time, and then we moved all the way across the country to North Carolina. Lived there for about a year. And then transferred back and they had a, a site in Tucson. And so called BE Aerospace. And uh, I worked mainly aircraft interiors and seating. Uh, it was kind of the job as a design engineer. So lots of CAD. And I think I, I've always been interested in 3D, uh, 3D modeling. And in college, I wasn't very good. Yeah, I would say I was pretty horrible all the way up, up through college. And even in my uh, senior design for um, for the aero design that we did for that competition, I didn't do any of the CAD because yeah, I I was I kind of led the team, but yeah, I wasn't wasn't good. <laughs> but I knew I wanted to get better, and so yeah, I uh, landed a job where that's pretty much you know all day every day living living in CAD. Um, started off in Siemens NX, um, working for BE Aerospace as an aircraft interiors company at the time. That's what it was called, um, and yeah, I I. Got better at CAD, got better at engineering. Uh, I got to go on a few trips to manufacturing sites and got to visit um, the Boeing facility in Seattle. That was that was a pretty awesome experience. Um, and I got to actually be on an install for the seating and enclosures that we worked on into a 747. Not the doors, and, I hope, right? <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, every, every, yeah, basically it's just, yeah, the 747's painted and basically yeah. the interior is just stripped down and all the tracks and everything are exposed. And yeah, you got to go in there and see all the first installs uh, and kind of, yeah, work, work with some people at Boeing, uh, got to take the factory tour at Boeing too. And that was, that was awesome getting to see all the different sections of the plane getting joined together. And so, yeah, I, I, I love that job. I think the one thing that kind of started though in college was I, I liked doing just general product development and it yep. was um, knowing how to do CAD. I, I taught myself um, Fusion 360 too on the side. And this is back when Fusion 360 was pretty new. So I haven't really dated myself at all, but I, so I graduated in 2011 um, from college and then I um, started my side business doing product development services while I was working aircraft interiors uh in 2014 and that was a busy year too i had my first first kid that year um but it was good yeah i started with the friend from college and we just started working with entrepreneurs in in tucson and phoenix arizona um and so i kind of had both of these loves i guess it was it was kind of splitting some of my my free time i'd go on my lunch and i'd i'd work on side projects you know for entrepreneurs and people who wanted to design their own products. And so kind of taught that to myself too, and how to interact, you know, with people. And we had our own little side business and, um, and yeah, 3d printing actually didn't 
come in until probably yeah, right about 2013 for me after I graduated college. I didn't even really know what it was. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So when you one of the things that um, going back to the aerospace thread a little bit, um, do you want to talk more generally about? You mentioned your visit to the the Boeing facility and how they were kind of putting everything together, but um, I think what surprised me, you don't really think about it as, as like the amount of parts and components and different features on each of these aircrafts. They come from usually different companies, right? And so how, yeah. like, yeah. do you want to maybe just give kind of like, what's the one-on-one in terms of like, you've got, you have the interiors part that you were working on, but what are some of the broad other categories that kind of go into that? And then how do they each communicate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have basically tiered suppliers, you know, like tiered supplier system. And so all the way down from part level to sub subsystem to like we were seating and enclosures and monuments. So basically it's a, it's a sub assembly unit. And so we were, you know, the highest tiered supplier that basically installs that unit into the aircraft, but there's, you know, teams for everything, for lavatories, for everything, for interiors and then of course then you have all the subsystem teams that do exterior things um but yeah it's uh it's fun and like yeah i I don't i don't know the exact count but you have you know tens of 20s of different companies all as suppliers to the aircraft and you're all trying to you know install things at different times and it's kind of chaotic to to try to (laughs) to coordinate all that and usually yeah Usually the plane's never on time. You know, it's always sitting sitting there a little bit longer, waiting for for somebody. Either and there's always some errors or something too when you're trying to install everything on the aircraft. And um, so yeah, like all that and all the bits and pieces that come together from all the way down, you know, to the suppliers. And during my time in interiors, the very first time I got exposed to 3D printing through that was in some of the ducting. So we actually did um, some SLS. Uh, like FR nylon ducting components and we worked with Stratasys um, and then a little bit a little bit of 3D printing too through Polyjet doing prototyping um, at work and this was all though right about right about 2013 I started getting interested through work a little bit and then also on the side I realized that all the FDM printers and everything were becoming more available um, and then so yeah kind of pivoting away I guess from um, from the aircraft side, I still, I got to see kind of, you know, from the side of there's these companies coming out that can produce materials that can actually go on, on aircraft. And so there'd be those lowest tiered suppliers are just giving us the parts, you know, as a higher tiered supplier, we're assembling that. And then we're taking our sub assembly and putting that in the aircraft. Um, so yeah, it was a great experience. Like I wanted to do something involving aircraft. And so I got, I got to do that for a while. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it changed right about 2000, end of 2017. And so that company actually shut down its, its site in Tucson. Um, and I'd been doing side, side work with a couple of different companies doing product development. Um, so it kind of gave me that opportunity. Then I decided I was going to go out on my own and I did that. Yeah. For a couple of years, um, started using multi-jet fusion back then. So like late 2017, 2018, HP multi-jet fusion started becoming more prevalent back then. Um, And yeah, so it was great. I got to kind of go out on my own for a little bit. Um, I created some low volume units using multi-jet fusion for some uh, different sensor companies. 
Um, and then, yeah, I really fell in love with 3D printing. I had my own printer that I started with and, you know, doing that frustrating exercise in the garage of, you know, trying not to get it to warp and <laughs> uh, dealing with all those fun, fun first days of where all the slicing software and everything didn't, didn't quite work how you wanted. And you were always troubleshooting. Um, and it was fun though. Yeah. It was like the first time that I got, got my own printer and, you know, I made some little car or something. What was I, your first printer? Uh, so it's an, it's an Airwolf HDR. Oh yeah. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, why did I have that printer? So I actually took a vacation to Costa Mesa, California, where they're based out of close by and I actually got to see the facility. And so that was kind of my first, I got to see printers making printers and all that fun stuff in the early days where everybody was trying to hype it up as much as they could. And, and yeah, I fell in, you know, face first into, <laughs> into just, wow. You know, it was, it was so cool to see these new companies kind of making these 3d printers. Um, and yeah, so I think my shift that happened from like my love of like wanting to do aircraft stuff, I was just so engaged and like wanted to be in 3d printing, uh, because of that CAD experience that I had and being able to create things, um, and prototype things and then eventually yeah making end parts and use parts um that whole process just has has captured my attention my imagination since since then um and then yeah i i've tried my best since then too yeah to start sh spreading the word as much as i can because as much as 3d printed additive is is out there um i've always been interested in educating people about about what it is what it can do and I love that sharing that same moment that I first had, I think, um, over and over again with other people when they first realized like, wow, you know, I can, I know a little bit of CAD, I can go in and create something like I can create a prototype, you know, I can make something appear, you know, that, that, uh, before in, in the mindset of, you know, you're kind of slowly waiting for something to be created by some other company, um, having your own printer and being able to, to realize, you know, your designs in, in this kind of rapid way. Um, yeah, never, never have gone back. Um, and so kind of timeline now, I guess. Yeah. So just up, up till now. Um, so my company, Penumbra Engineering, we, uh, we were working with, uh, Athena 3D manufacturing. So they were an HP multi-jet fusion service bureau in Phoenix got to know the owner. And so we actually merged our services. So product development, engineering design services with Athena. Um, and then, yeah, so we had kind of a company that could do printing and do uh, engineering services. And so that, that was great. It was a great experience, you know, started adding more printers and during COVID, you know, we, we printed a whole bunch of mass frames and, you know, we're, we're kind of part of that too. Continually worked with, product development companies. Um, and yeah, it was, it was great. It was great to be part of a little bit bigger company. Um, eventually, yeah, we had kind of ups and downs with things. I, I kind of left for a little while. I worked for link 3d actually for a little while doing MES and I came back eventually. Yeah. Um, was, was laid off from that company. Unfortunately, after, um, some different things shipped around another company came in, um, and uh, landed myself back in product development here in Boise, Idaho. Um, 
So kind of that transition, I actually worked remote um, from Boise, Idaho, uh, flying back and forth to Phoenix, Arizona. And that was the reason during COVID, yeah, I being close to my wife's family. So it was a lot kind of flying back and forth um, at that time. And then, yeah, I worked about a year for a product development services company here. Um, and then now I just ended that job and I'm transitioning into, into something else. So lots of, lots of changes and shifts, but all, all those have been good things. Um, and during that time, as I mentioned, my educational side of me, um, because I'm not busy enough, I decided to, to start a nonprofit. Um, we're actually coming up on almost yeah two years when we started initially, but yeah, workforce development, nonprofit, 3d printing mentality. And so, um, been engaged with that, you know, on and off, but uh, more at times. And, and yeah, that's that, that side of, like I mentioned, the, the aha moment and um, a lot of universities still don't even have access um, more and more do now, but a lot of them don't know, you know, past FDM, like what, what actually exists. So that was going here locally to Boise state university um, a little over two years ago and kind of did a presentation um, and yeah, just, seeing the students and all the questions that they had. And it just brought all that back to me again of, of, you know, back, back in 2013 when I was fascinated and as an engineering, you know, student engineering background, um, everybody usually does CAD and they, they get a good basis for design, design and engineering and then 3d printing kind of um, goes on top of that. And once you combine all those together um, and the aha moment happens that you can, you can use 3D printing and you can use additive manufacturing. Um, that's something that I realized I wanted to be involved with um, as much as possible. <laughs> so, um, and so as you were doing all these product design projects and working with a couple different companies, what where were you seeing the use cases for for what people were asking you, and maybe mm -hmm. where you were pushing people towards knowing what you know about the technology? Yeah, so I think. Um, me, yeah, I, I kind of had an infatuation with 3d printing. So I think in the beginning, yeah, it was always trying to get convinced people that you could do things with 3d printing at first. Cause it was kind of voodoo, you know, magic to the entrepreneurs that I worked with. Um, and yeah, some of the first products, you know, you kind of talked about it like, well, this might not be as strong, you know, as you think it is. And then you have those first couple of prototypes where they just break, you know, within like yeah. 20, 20 <laughs> minutes of use. So I think early on it's perception um it's still perception especially you know if people aren't really familiar with with what it is people know you know you can go buy buy a printer now from a store uh, 3d printer but i think it's getting them to understand that for prototyping it can be great you know all the different types of prototypes you can make it looks like prototype you can make a functional prototype now um but really getting you know client a, a customer to to understand that uh, that's not going to usually translate to most of the time what their product's actually going to be. Um, so I've talked all about 3D printing, but a big focus, and I've gotten more and more into this, is comparing additive and traditional um, and really getting people to understand that the things that they buy off of Amazon, you know, the plastic injection molded parts um, and 3D printing, they're, they're getting closer to doing you know prototypes that can translate over but getting everybody to understand the differences uh, and the nuances between 
traditional and, and additive. And so that was probably first half of the battle usually in product development is aligning expectations um, yeah. and worked with all different kinds of people to individual entrepreneurs, you know, designing toys to sensor companies, to uh, people doing firearms, to all sorts of people over the different product development, you know, roles that I've had. Um, and there's usually 3D printing all these somewhere in there. Um, you're prototyping something. And then, yeah, sometimes it's it happens, I think, a little bit more now because they actually think about it from the beginning. Um, and I've had even transition away from my own company. People see like the Adidas Futurecraft shoes and they start getting ideas in their head that, you know, they can do it. Uh, they're not Adidas. So that's another one. It's getting people to realize that takes a lot of investment into working your way up to having your own uh, 3D printed product line and what that actually entails. And uh, everybody thinks it's going to be cheaper, but in the beginning, it's probably way more expensive in, in lots of different ways. So, And going back to the workforce piece, um, what, besides kind of introducing people to the technology, do you have other goals with in terms of introducing them to jobs in the field? Or what do you see as kind of the the net result of kind of getting people skilled up in in some of these technologies yeah so i think um something that i've always seen you know since the beginning since i started with 3d printing um is yeah you get you see some of those first end use parts like an aircraft interiors you, you see the ducting and then you know the wheels start turning and you start thinking about um how this can actually infiltrate into actual um, manufacturing for all different industries. And um, I think it's it's becoming more and more prevalent, especially, you know, in aerospace, uh, biomedical. So I think, yeah, for like the nonprofit work that we do in the workforce development, we've been pretty heavily starting to focus in aerospace and biomedical um, because those are, those are the two areas. You have O&P, you know, you have uh, orthopedic implants, you have uh, on the aerospace side, you have everything in, involved with uh, uh, the rocket side of things. Everybody's you know switching over to using just additive for lots of different components. Uh, and so really it's getting students to realize that there are these industries, these different technologies that are they're they're going to become the thing that is used um, and aligning skill sets kind of towards, towards where things are going. Uh, so yeah, big one that uh, I've kind of latched onto is end topology is like an example of software that, you know, when we're going through our programs, it's it's great for somebody to actually work through a process of, you know, how, how a file is translated from uh, a base CAD through optimization and then looping back through analysis. Uh, and so from an engineering standpoint, um, that ties in really well to, you know, what they're learning and then actually bridging that gap between um, the base engineering skills, you know, and you're kind of learning programming, process development, uh, all of these things that as you get into aerospace biomed, um, they're so process heavy. Um, they're so dependent on um, inputs and outputs. And on top of that, you need to learn the, the technologies too, an additive, what it what it can do, uh, the restrictions, and 
once you can apply at least base base level, you know, through like a senior design, you can you can put all those pieces together. Uh, more and more, uh, more and more students will start to go into more additive centric roles. Uh, seeing being exposed to it in college, and when you can actually see, you know, what what you can produce, uh, I think yeah, it it changes a lot of mindset because most students, uh, I would say, you know. 75% to 90% of students, they just need a job. They're like, they're just, yeah, yeah. I, I want to get a job. <laughs> just please, like, like, yeah, let, let me get a job when I graduate. I was in the same spot, you know. I just I just want to get a, a job. I, I wanted something in aerospace. Um, but if I had known back then, you know, that there was this new technology that could enable me to, to get these really interesting and powerful uh careers where you're you're taking you know complex geometries you're implementing them you know in cooling ducts and heat exchangers and uh, on the OMP side you're able to to go in and, and create these unique geometries that form somebody's body and you're able to do it you know quicker and a lot of cases you know better better performing parts you know and then on the the flip side yeah for the biomed um is being able to to create these structures for you know osseo integration and this um, things like that. Um, those skill sets is you know as as we've kind of built up the nonprofit, um, bringing in people too because I'm aerospace background, um, but bringing in biomed subject matter experts, bringing in people from O and P, you know, getting all the elements together um, to really accentuate you know these are the these are the types of people these are the careers. Uh, and then, yeah, actually helping facilitate people get jobs too, and, um, and people that are already working in additive, you know, right. like helping, helping these students go through a program, they learn their skills, they already have something on their resume, and then helping place them more directly into 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 additive jobs. So, and what's the environment like there in Idaho? Yeah, in and it's of, yeah, uh, Idaho, types of companies or types of manufacturing yeah, going on, and it's. It's kind of, I would call it, I don't know how many years back from like where I came from in Arizona, Arizona, there's, there's a lot of aerospace. There's a lot of companies doing additive. It's within the university. Uh, over here, it's, I would call it a little bit back from that. They're very focused in traditional manufacturing still. Um, you know, the main, the main industry is, you know, food, agribusiness um, still in, in Idaho. Um, but yeah, slowly that's starting to infiltrate into like the jigs and fixtures and the things that go with traditional aiding traditional manufacturing. Um, but then yeah, you have kind of random companies here too. You have um, there's print farms here, the and then the university is starting to build up um, slowly their their additive capabilities. They have a fleet of FDM printers, but they're looking into other things. Um, and I would say yeah, it's it's kind of like bad and good at the same time. <laughs> it's it's bad that they don't they still don't have access to enough things probably locally but good for me because i can i love coming in and kind of letting people know like what what's out there and and it's that same thing i mentioned it's when you're spreading that knowledge and you know even if they're not going to stay in state you know an example is one of the senior designs we supported um yeah he, he moved to ohio but now he's working biomed uh doing doing implants um but 
he would have never even known probably that that existed if we hadn't gone in and, you know, exposed him to the program, helped sponsor their senior design, worked more close with him, brought in people from, you know, uh, the same, that industry and kind of recognizing too that, that they have a mechanical engineering program here. They have biomed minors too, is actually the, the program that they have alongside mechanical here. Uh, so really trying to understand, you know, what the university is offering and how does that line up with where they could go if they wanted to go into an additive manufacturing career. Awesome. So, yeah. So looking forward into 2024, what's on your, what's on your radar? We've talked about a mug, so I know you're involved. Yeah, in I know. But what yeah. else is, is I, I talk about that? Oh yeah. Yeah. You got the brand. Yeah. And so I didn't, I didn't mention it. Yeah. Another, another volunteer thing. Um, and it's funny. I've only been to a mug a couple of times, but I've known enough people in the AMUG community. Um, and so they kind of pulled me in and and I've been my second year uh, as the track lead for software track for, for AMUG. Um, this year I'm a co-track lead and I have David Johnson from HP 3D Printings, the other uh, co-track lead. But yeah, it's, it's great. You get to be uh, a crucial part of the conference and we get to basically bring in speakers for the entire software track, the user side of the software track. Um, and yeah, just getting to meet, meet people through that. Um, you know, I, I was an MES for a little while. I've been heavily in the design side. Um, and so design for added manufacturing, I think they kind of noticed that I was pretty into that and bringing that more into the conference too, is kind of something we've tried, try to get, uh, more, more talks, um, people using technologies or software like in topology, um, and actually showing workflows and what what they're doing um and then this year um yeah it's looking looking pretty good we're gonna have we had a workshop last year uh design tools workshop so we heavily focused in you know scanning um manipulating cad optimizing and then understanding you know what materials and things you could use and more of an interactive kind of workshop uh, we're kind of outside the hands-on workshops, uh, but it was amazing last year. It was actually, it was on the last day and got, I don't know, it was 50 to 60 people I think attended. Um, so AMUG's great. There's many different types of people and a lot of people are looking more for like DFAM, you know, type, type talks. Um, and this year, yeah, it's kind of the same. We have similar speakers, a little bit different, uh, and uh, David Johnson, yeah, we're trying to focus a lot too on like uh, O&P side of things um, and bringing that a little bit into the conference. And just because it's such a great, great use case and physically bringing somebody there and scanning. And and so that that should be a pretty cool uh, workshop. Uh, should be on the last day again. It might be a, a different day. Uh, but yeah, so if you're if you're at AMUG, any of the user side software track stuff, uh, pretty excited for and if you're if you're around yeah uh, hope to see you at one and yeah so a, a mug that volunteer side of me um and then um leading up till now uh we're we're in january january 10th yeah it's a new year and so <laughs> um this year i think the goals for me is i'm kind of transitioning into something new too i'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty heavily involved at least the first part of this this month into kind of pushing our nonprofit forward um there's some programs and things that we're looking to try to launch um 
right now we support a couple different senior design teams, both at Boise State University, Arizona State University. Um, we have a K through 12 program. We're trying to bring back up uh, a three printed Lego keychain project where they work through like Tinkercad and then they go and, you know, 3D print their own custom keychain. And so that that's another project that we're trying to push again this year. Um, the Impossible Airplane project is another one that kind of came to us that I'm hoping we'll get more involved with this year too, but it's um, uh, Je Jessica Cox, um, the first uh, armless uh, woman pilot. Um, so she's from Arizona and she's trying to build the first foot controlled airplane uh, off of a kit. And so that project, yeah, we're trying to support more so we can actually build some of the, um, the like kind of the, the interface with the controls and things and maybe use some additive in that. Uh, and so we'll see that we might roll that into, you know, a senior design and, and try to see how much support we can get for, for that this year. Um, and then the other one that I've just started and trying to get off the ground a little bit more involved with is something called Innovatathon. Um, so kind of through a partner, uh, another nonprofit, uh, Education to Success, um, they kind of launched this program called Innovatathon. It was kind of created at the University of Arizona, but basically a corporate company comes in, they sponsor, uh, a, the, they usually do like 12, 12 to 15 students um, over a, a period of like 15, 16 hours where they give an, an, a project, an idea, and they work through that um, over that amount of time. And then some of the money that goes into the corporate sponsorship, they actually get as a scholarship and a stipend too at the end of it. Um, it's one of those like win-win type programs. Um, so I'm hoping to be a part of those more this year. Um, we're trying to go out and gain, gain more support um, for corporate sponsors, uh, get more universities interested. Um, but yeah, I kind of an extension of what we're already doing with senior design, enabling students to get those experiences, um, actually get to potentially be um, uh, semi-interviewed to in the process by a potential company they might work for too. Um, and then also getting some money out of it. And and so, yeah, trying to trying to promote that a little bit more this year. It's it's a cool program. I'm um, hoping maybe do, do you want to Boise State University and looking to kind of grow and expand it. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of excited for, for where that could go. Um, and I think that that kind of covers it. Yeah. For this year, uh, I'm sure lots of other things will happen, <laughs> but yeah. And I think too, the, uh, when we had talked before to uh, kind of the work that you've done in Chicago and kind of the outreach uh, working with America makes um, myself, kind of my goal this year is to all the organizations that are out there doing good, you know, promoting K through 12, promoting, you know, early career individuals, um, really getting out there and collaborating and um, being a part of the, the greater community that wants to do good. And I know you're one of those people also that, uh, especially the Chicago underserved areas too, uh, getting out there, getting them familiar with what additive is, uh, exciting careers they can go into. So, Awesome. So last yeah. question, um, any uh, book or recommended reads that you would uh, made an impact on uh, your career or yeah that you'd like so, to share with the audience there's always there's always the fun ones uh, one of the i can't remember how old it is i think it's it's about 2012 or so it's called fabricated the new world of 3d printing it's a little bit older now 
but it's one of those ones where um kind of got a lot of things in my head it goes through like you know 3d printed organs to <laughs> all sorts of things and this was 10 plus years ago now that it came out um some of the things have come true in it some of the things maybe necessarily not but that's a great one that's okay. a, it's a good um like the other more boring ones are like the 3d printed handbook you know <laughs> that 3d hubs came out with um and then i think to uh okay yeah, i'm looking through my library there's always there's always good ones i'm i'm kind of interested in a lot of other strange things too like math art and you know things that you can create with additive um mathematically um there's a book called math art so you can look it up and and talks about like how you can create things with the Pythagorean theorem and, you know, all sorts of interesting mathematical formulas to create shapes. And um, so that's, that's something interesting. One that I have not got through, uh, maybe you've read it is metal, metal additive manufacturing for propulsion applications. I think it came oh, by up. Paul. Like, yeah. By Paul, probably uh, NASA. I think I've maybe gotten like, I don't know, a third of the way. It's pretty, like, it's good. It's got a lot of great information. Uh, I'm not as heavy on the metal the metal side so i always try to find you know something something that takes me a little bit longer to to digest and uh but yeah so that's a that's a great one too so right on yeah. well thanks so much uh good luck with the first part of the year and we'll see you at a mug all right thanks mike yeah it was great thanks